You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens with Amy Johnson and Chris G. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to Canadian's Connection Podcast. It's episode 187 here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and uh, entertained. My name is Chris G, and I'll be your host today. Today is Saturday, April 16th, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. It's Rick Stevens. How are you doing, Rick? I'm doing great. And, you know, I, I think... I'll speak for Habs fans. I think uh, Canadians fans are doing great as well. Um, you might think, you know, they might be a little down at the end of a long, uh, difficult season, but but no, no. There was things to be excited about, especially Friday night at the Bell Centre and looking organizational-wide. You've been busy. You've been watching the Lions. You've been watching the Rocket. And uh, not, to, not to break any news here, but both seem to be headed on their way to the playoffs. Yeah, for, for sure. Like they've, it's been exciting to to cover to watch both those teams. Like both are seems like are both are headed towards the playoffs. So they've been much more uh, interesting and intriguing to follow than the Canadians <laughs> up until, you know, like you said, Friday. Friday was a, a big night for the um, for the organization, and well, you know. In case you're uh, behind, hidden behind the stone, or you're off offline for who knows, like the past week or so, well, you probably heard that Carey Price made a season debut on Friday for the for the Montreal Canadiens. And well, part of the big topic in our second segment, we're going to take the opportunity to review the Canadiens' goaltending situation of this season and the goaltending situation uh, going forward in the Canadiens' organization. Uh, we'll give you also some uh, roster news on the Canadians. Uh, we'll get into a little more details on the Laval Rocket and the Trois-Rivières Lions playoff push. And in a third segment, Michael Spinella, he's going to join in for the um, in the third segment with Rick. And they're both going to talk some uh, prospects. So, so stay tuned. Lots of interesting stuff to cover in uh, this week's episode. And well, let's begin with a brief uh, recap of this week's games for the Canadians since last week's episode. And just a reminder to check out the comprehensive previews and post-game reviews for every Canadians game at allhabs.net. 
On Saturday night, the Canadians were in Toronto to face the Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews. He scored two goals in 37 seconds on two different goalies to give the Maple Leafs a 2 nothing lead. Actually, I actually think that was a home game, right, at the Bell Centre. Uh, the Canadians managed to make it a one-goal game, but came out short as Toronto goes on to win 3-2. to two. Joel Edmondson and Cole Caulfield were the uh, goal scorers for the uh, for the Canadians. That game in uh, in in the Scotiabank uh, Arena, uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was that first period was tough uh, for the Canadians. They were they were dominated. Um, Shot attempts, 27-8 for the Maple Leafs. And as you said, it was also tough because uh, uh, we're going to be talking about goaltenders all throughout this episode and, and we'll uh, update you in the roster news. Uh, some some bad news uh, resulting from this game. Uh, the Jets visited the Bell Centre on Monday. This time I'm sure that was the game was in <laughs> Montreal. Yoel uh, Armia, he opened the scoring early in the second period before Winnipeg bounced back with two unanswered goals to take the lead after 40 minutes. Uh, Josh Anderson, he scored his 100th career goal in the third period to tie it at two. And then the Jets scored two more times, including an empty net goal on their way to a 4-2 win at uh, the Bell Centre. Beyond Josh Anderson, not too much to like in this game for the Canadians, other than the work of the fourth line. Um, it was Paul Byron, it was Ryan Paling, and it was Yessa Ulanen, and uh, they they were they were very good uh, throughout that game. And then the Canadians headed to Columbus on Wednesday for a quick one-game road trip, and well, it, that game got ugly. The Blue Jackets they dominated the entire game and went on to win 5-1. to one. Uh, Ryan Paling scored Montreal's only goal during a power play, and which ended his 26-game uh, uh, scoring drought, and he scored that goal off a, a tip in, in front of the net. Uh, he was playing his role on that, uh, on that power play. Uh, it was the return to Columbus for Josh Anderson, for David Savard, their first games uh, since uh, leaving... Uh, Columbus, and um, also uh, we remember uh, Martin St. Louis uh, was a, a skills consultant for Columbus, and uh, Marty obviously was never behind the bench uh, in Columbus, and um, he didn't like that cannon going off. <laughs> there were clips of him uh, kind of uh, crouching down and and uh, and reacting to those cannon blasts, which there were way too many for uh, most Canadians fans' likings. Yeah, and he even said after the game that he, he he had mentally prepared himself for the cannon and it still didn't work <laughs> for the, the reaction. Uh, the Canadians were back at the Bell Centre on Friday to host the New York Islanders. And well, like as you mentioned at the top of the episode, Carey Price made a season debut following knee surgery uh, that happened over the, the summer. And well, it felt like old times. Canadians took 44 shots and scored zero goals. And on the other end of the ice... A Quirshman turnover led to the Islanders heading on a 3 0 against Carey Price to open the, the scoring. Uh, the Islanders scored two more times, including one empty net goal on their way to a 3 0 win and extended Montreal's losing streak to four games. And uh, Carey Price made 17 saves in his uh, season debut. Yeah, it was uh, not a lot of work for Carey Price, but some tough saves that, that he had to make and certainly didn't have. 
any chance on, well, not the three on Owen, not the screenshot either um, on the, the two goals that got past him. Um, maybe the, the blooms coming off the rose a bit. Uh, the honeymoon phase is over with Marty St. Louis. When he joined, the Canadians became a much more offensive-minded team. They, they kind of shut down things. Uh, uh, and we're playing better defense. Now they're not doing any of that. Um, that, as you said, they've lost four. And in those uh, four games, they've scored a total of five goals, five goals only in four games. And uh, uh, as you said, for, for Carey Price, it's a usual situation. Uh, he delivers and, and doesn't get any run sports. So um, tough times for the, for the Canadians, but uh, uh, not quite in last place just yet. But Rick, what are you saying? You're saying that I, I think Kemper should have stopped at three. You know what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he has to do miracles, that goalie. Yeah. And and not only like when you're talking about like the honeymoon phase is probably over. Like it wore off for the Canadians. Like in the last ten games, they've only won twice. So they're so they might be playing more entertaining hockey. But when it comes to winning, they're not winning more often. As you know, two wins in the last ten games, that's not a good average for uh, for the team and even in the game against Columbus they set a, a franchise record for most games where they've allowed five or more goals it was the 27th time this season and that's another bad record to break uh, this season uh, it's funny though that the Canadians uh, they've lost four in a row but the folks they're competing with, the other teams they're competing with, down around the bottom of the standings, Philadelphia, who uh, is coming in next week, they've lost three. Seattle's lost two in a row. And Arizona, who presently oper- um, occupies the bottom of the league spot, 32nd spot, has lost five in a row. So uh, Canadians have lost uh, but are not uh, gaining any ground, so to speak, uh, <laughs> in pursuit of that last or that the best opportunity of getting the first overall pick. Now, in terms, uh, in plenty of roster news for for the Canadians, and it began last Saturday after the game against the Maple Leafs. The Canadians announced that Jonathan Drouin he underwent wrist surgery on Friday, the previous Friday, in New York, and Jonathan Drouin will not return this season, but he will be ready for the start of a training camp. Uh, Jonathan Drouin finishing the season with six goals and 14 assists in uh, in 34 games. So, Rick, uh, it, you know, it was reported, well, not it wasn't reported, it was confirmed by the Canadians that uh, Joanne went was going to look for a second opinion. And while the second opinion, you know, just confirmed that a surgery was uh, was needed. That's right. And, um, uh, yeah, he's had, he's had difficulty with, with wrist issues, and um, it's good for him to get those looked after uh, now. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, we've we've heard about being ready for for a training camp uh, with with other players, Gary Price, uh, Joel Edmondson. Uh, <laughs> but he is expected, uh, we'll say, uh, to be at uh, training camp and 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 ready to go. The surgery performed uh, in New York City. Uh, we should say that that uh, uh, putting uh, uh, Jonathan Drouin on uh, injured reserve, uh, long-term injured reserve, allowed the Canadians the space uh, to bring uh, Carey Price off uh, to activate him this week. In other goaltending news for the Canadians, Jake Allen, he's out for the rest of the season with a, a growing injury. 
they got injured during that Saturday game against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs on the Austin Matthews' uh, first goal. And and it looked, Rick, very similar to that injury that occurred on January 12th against the Bruins, which made Alan miss, was was it nearly three months that he missed after that? It really did. Uh, two look, months. Yeah, it really did look like uh, he was going one way and tried to go back the other way and uh, and uh, pulled something, uh, pulled a groin there. And, and it looked, although, um, you know, Marty said it was a different kind of injury. So um, uh, that's concerning uh, going forward. But um, uh, he'll have uh, the rest of this season and the off season uh, to uh, get ready. And, and uh, we'll see, um, we'll be talking about this in the second segment. We'll see if he's back with Canadians in the fall. And well, with with Allen being sidelined for the rest of the season, and uh, Canadians needed the backup uh, goalie up until uh, Friday's game against the Islanders, so Caden Primo he was recalled from the Laval Rocket on an emergency basis on Sunday, and then was returned uh, back to uh, the Rocket on uh, on Friday. Uh, didn't see any action during his uh, most recent stint. He was practicing with the team and uh, acted as uh, Samuel Montebo's uh, backup for. Uh, for five days. And the other part of it is it caught it's a bit of a goalie scramble in Laval, uh, and that will uh, we'll update you on when we talk about prospects. On uh, Tuesday, the Canadians announced that Justin Barron will also miss the remainder of the season with an ankle injury, and he won't require surgery. And, well, like, like we mentioned for others, he's expected to be ready for the training camp next uh, in September. Uh, injury took place on April 5th against the uh, Ottawa Senators. Uh, so Barron, with the Canadians, he'll finish the season with one goal, one assist in uh, in five games. And Rick, it's it's you know there's never a good time to get injured, but it's a shame that Barron got injured because with the Canadians being in the situation that they are, you know Barron could have seen lots of action with the Canadians in the NHL and then you know he was even eligible to go to Laval if they decide to do so after the season but now he won't be able to do any of that. No, you're, you're right on all counts. Uh, the door was wide open for him to play a lot of minutes. And, and I've got to say, he was looking pretty good. He had uh, some shaky moments, but uh, he was looking pretty good and uh, could certainly move and skate, uh, move the puck uh, really well. Um, uh, I would say a, a big blow for uh, Laval in that um, he was eligible for uh, the, their playoffs and, and could have made a... Uh, um, could have been a big help um, with uh, with Laval, and, and certainly uh, they could use a, a puck mover and help with their power play. Also on Tuesday, Emil Heinemann, he, uh, it was announced that he's being treated for an upper body injury, and no timeline was provided for his return. And Heinemann, you know, he signed a, a contract as of uh, next season with the Canadians, but he did sign a, a PTO to be eligible to join the uh, the Rocket. I guess with no timeline, it's unclear if he'll be able to return. But he was in the stands. We saw him uh, on Friday night. He was sitting uh, near uh, Jeff Gordon and John Sedwick watching Carey uh, Price's return against the Islanders. He was. Uh, he came over in the trade from from Calgary. Uh, played with Lexans in Sweden. Uh, pretty productive in in the SHL, and and that's where he suffered his injury. And and uh, um, we're hoping to get a chance to see him. Uh, unfortunately. 
And following Monday night's game against uh, the Jets, Jesse Ulonen, he was assigned to the uh, Laval Rocket. Uh, in 14 games, he's collected five points with the Canadians. And, and Rick, uh, you, you touched upon it a bit uh, earlier when we were doing the recaps, but uh, it looks like he'll be fighting for a regular roster spot uh, next season with the Canadians. Yeah, I think so. Out of out of the uh, forward prospects, he, he looks like a natural. He looks like an NHLer. Um, he's, um, his skating is, is terrific. Uh, he's very smart. Um, and, uh, you know, getting back to... To Laval, he was able to make uh, an immediate impact there, and is going to be a player that they count on in the playoffs. And and well, lastly but not least, uh, you know, we mentioned Carey Price, who was activated off the injured, the long-term injured reserve, and made his season debut against the Islanders on Friday. He's not expected to play against the uh, the Capitals unless Samuel Montebo doesn't have a good performance, but, you know, he'll, he'll start the game on, uh, on the bench. And Friday was his first start uh, in, uh, it was 282 days since his last start, and this marks the third time in Carey Price's career that he has gone uh, as long from one start to the next. Uh, there was a 330-day span from in from November 2015 to October 2016, and a 295-stretch from March 30th. That's a great day, 2012 <laughs> to January 19, 2013. And and Rick, like like we mentioned at the, at the top, uh, he wasn't really busy, but you know he 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 was tested, and we could say he passed his first test with. Um, in terms of his performance on Yanks. Yeah, I think so. Um, in the intermission, uh, Marty Biron was asked, um, how does he look? How did, you know, how is he performing? And, and Marty said he has a checklist for goalies who've been away and, and, um, and come back. And, and he, he looks at uh, where they are in the crease, their crease depth. Uh, he looks at uh, how they, they're square to the shooter. And he looks at uh, how they, they calculate their angles. That, that's something that's difficult to do in, to replicate in practice. And uh, uh, Marty uh, St. Louis said he passed all uh, with flying colors. And, and um, we saw his, his puck handling was, was back that we, we haven't seen a goaltender, a Canadian's goaltender, able to handle the puck and help out the defenseman as much as Price did uh, last night. His ability to to track the puck. And what I was interested in was his recovery because of being on the, the knee, um, his knee injury, how quickly was he able to recover after a shot and get up and get back into position. And, and, uh, and that was there, uh, as well. So, um, you know, the, the, the Islanders, uh, don't, don't generate uh, a lot of offense. Uh, they, they pick their spots and, and, uh, uh, but when he when he had to make a save, he did and made some very good saves um, and made them score to the shooter. And, and I think that uh, as yeah, he passed uh, he passed all the, t- the tests that he was given uh, last night. And in terms of recovery, I think just take one step further. Like I think another test would be like this morning when you woke up. How did he feel then? Like did he did he feel good? Did he feel uh, it was a knee swollen? How's he feeling? What kind of condition he was this morning? Obviously, right now we don't know the answer because they haven't told us. But I think that's also another step, uh, another test for uh, for for Price. And 
you know, the Canadians, like, they have, what is it now, eight games left? No, nine games, including the Capitals game. So there's one more back-to-back situation for the Canadians next, uh, in, uh, coming up before the end of the season. And is the question is how many games will, will Price play now until now until the season is over at the end of the month. All right, let's move on now to a Canadian's prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, there's some uh, exciting playoff races when it comes to Canadian's organization, but not in Montreal. They're happening in the AHL and the ECHL. So let's begin with the Laval Rocket. On Saturday, the Utica Comets took a 3 nothing lead, 9.20 into the first period, when uh, Jean-François Hull called a, a timeout to settle his team. The decision, it paid off as Laval scored three times to tie the game through 20, through 20 minutes. And the Rocket ended up scoring two more times in the third period on their way to a 5-3 win. And, and Rick, after that game, like all the players that, that I spoke to, uh, they, they all mentioned that that timeout made, uh, was a game changer. Uh, Jeff Hulu is a, is a coach who's really in tune with uh, with his players. He's uh, he analyzes the game uh, in in a great in great detail. Um, he knew uh, what his team needed, and and obviously they responded to him. And and he even mentioned uh, in in his post game press conference that he he knew that the TV timeout was coming thirty seconds later. But he felt that it, it doesn't matter. Like it was important for him to call it at uh, at that time because when a coach, he said that when a coach calls a timeout, it, it grabs more the attention of the players than uh, than anything that happens during a TV timeout. So it was a very calculated move by uh, by Ul on that one. Uh, the Rockets they began a five-game road trip on Monday as they headed to Belleville to face the Senators. And Belleville had a one nothing lead through 20 minutes before Laval scored five unanswered goals in the final um, in the final two periods to go on to win five to one. And the Rocket they've they always struggle with with the Belleville Senators, mm-hmm. especially especially in Belleville. And well, they came out big on uh, on Monday. On Wednesday, the Rocket was in Rochester to face the Americans. Special teams, they were a factor in this game as each team scored on the power play uh, twice. And it took overtime to settle this one. And Rochester came out on top with the uh, 4-3 win. Immediately following Wednesday's game, the Rocket, they jumped on a bus. They headed for a four-hour drive to Cleveland to face uh, the Monsters on Thursday. So it was a late-night arrival for them in Cleveland. And this game was not close as Laval dominated the match and won 6 nothing against uh, the Monsters. The two teams will face off again each other uh, tonight, Saturday night. And the Rockets are currently second place in the North Division and are getting closer and closer to clinching a playoff spot for the first time in uh, franchise history. And it's the magic number for the Rocket is seven. So the magic number of seven with uh, seven games remaining. So it's looking good for them to earn the first playoff um, 
spot since the, the franchise moved to Laval. Uh, but what they want is the the positioning. What they want is uh, not to have to play in that play-in round. They, they want to uh, secure their spot. And uh, all of the opponents, um, it's all divisional games from now on. All the opponents are tough, with the exception maybe of Cleveland. Uh, um, Cleveland... Um, you know, it, the six nothing was that was about right there. Cleveland played a, a very uh, deployed a very inexperienced goaltender in that game. Um, but uh, credit to uh, Laval, who uh, that game was was changed on. Uh, it was supposed to be Friday, moved back uh, to Thursday. It was changed on pretty short notice uh, because of some N- NBA playoff actions. So uh, full credit to uh, Laval and JF Wool for getting his team ready for that one. And for uh, tonight's game against uh, Cleveland, uh, Cedric Paquette, he's missed a couple of uh, games. He's uh, he's expected to be back in the lineup uh, tonight against the Monsters, so which is good news for uh, for Laval because he's had a a great uh, t- stint with them right now. Uh, so, so goaltending, like the the whole domino effect, like we mentioned, uh, you mentioned Rick earlier in the, in the segment, uh, it, it impacted the Laval Rocket as well as as the Rocket they signed. And then later in the week, they released goaltender uh, uh, Tristan Berube from professional trial contract. Uh, Berube has spent some spent some time with the Trois-Rivières Lions earlier in the season. Spent some time with University Hockey. Uh, he dressed as a backup several times during the season, but he never started the game with the uh, Laval Rocket. On Monday, the Rocket signed goaltender Gabe Molot-Hill. To a professional child contract, uh, he spent some time f- with the University of Guelph, and on Thursday he was the backup for uh, Kevin Poulet. And then on Thursday, Laval Rocket they signed goaltender Owen Savory to professional tryout contract, and uh, he was playing uh, for UMass University. And uh, he he joined the team in the Cleveland, so he's on the roster as well as the Rockets right now. I guess on paper carrying four goalies, but three of them are in the Cleveland's uh, right now. And just the quite last a, quite goal- a carousel, though. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy um, that 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 all those moves they have such a, a domino effect, and um, and the, the latest one, as you said, Owen Savory. Uh, there's that. Um, that UMass Lowell, the NCAA connection again, uh, coming in and, uh, it, interesting to see, um, how it's sport. We should also, and that's, um, I should say that's, uh, Adam Nicholas, who was at, uh, UMass Lowell is now in, in charge of, uh, the director of hockey development. So, uh, he would have had some connections or, or maintained some connections there to have, uh, some intel on these, uh, players that are coming in. Um, but we should also mention that uh, Kevin Poulin, um, not an injury, but an illness this week, and that kind of complicated things for the Rocket. Yeah, he was he, he had a virus. He was fighting a virus, but I uh, seemed to be back and ready to play, or did played in whatever condition he was in. And there's still a fourth goal in the roster, like we mentioned earlier. Caden Primo, uh, he's with the Rocket now. Did not join the team in uh, Cleveland after being returned there, but he's expected to join the team in uh, in Belleville. So we should expect one of the other goalies in a professional tryout contract to be released at some point uh, uh, by then. 
We, we should say and remind uh, listeners that uh, the, the Canadians are allowed after the trade deadline for call-ups from uh, Laval uh, to the end of the season. Um, that's, that's the rule. Now, uh, to my knowledge, uh, the Canadians have been using emergency call-ups, so I'm not sure yep. if, uh, if any have been counted against them so far. Yeah, I think I think one of I think Jesse Ulonen was a regular recall, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. He was emergency, and then he turned into a regular recall. That's right. Yeah, I think I think that's the only uh, I think that's the only one to view so far. And and Rick, there was uh, why don't you talk to us about Kane's prospect over in the uh, NCA, NCA? Well, the Frozen Four wrapped up uh, last weekend. Uh, the NCAA uh, Hockey Championship was won by the University of Denver. They beat the, the Minnesota State Mavericks uh, 5-1 in the final. Um, and playing for the University of Denver Pioneers is Canadians prospect Brett Stapley. Um, uh, this guy is, uh, he, he, he evolved during his um, NCAA career and became a player that was really counted on, put in in all situations. Uh, hard worker, tenacious forechecker, um, and and now uh, that his he's he has the championship, was part of that uh, experience. Uh, all eyes will turn to see if the Canadians uh, sign him um, to to a contract either uh, for Montreal or for uh, Laval, and, um, and and we'll see how that that evolves. But congratulations to uh, the University of Denver and to Brett Stapley. Uh, for winning the Frozen Four. If we move on now to the uh, ECHL, the 12 Reg Lions, uh, they're finishing off the regular season this week with a four-game homestand. On uh, Tuesday, the Lions came out victorious with a 3-2 win against the Adirondack Thunder. Uh, the Worcester Railers visited the Colisée Vidéotron the following night for a first of a three-game series. The Railers opened the series with a 3-0 shutout win on Wednesday. On Friday, Trois-Rivières got payback and they shut out Worcester 5 to nothing. With the victory, the Lions clinched a playoff spot in their inaugural season. So congratulations to President Mark Waitman, General Manager Marc-André Bergeron and the entire organization for their accomplishment. Quite the accomplishment on, uh, for season number one. And the Trois-Rivières will close out the regular season uh, this Saturday afternoon once again against the uh, Railers. But regardless of the result, the Lions will finish third place in the North Division and will face the Newfoundland Growlers in the uh, the first round. And that's quite a unique situation, Rick, between the Lions and the Growlers. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, owned by the <laughs> by Dean McDonald, uh, both both teams. Uh, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see who he's cheering for. But, but as you said, congratulations to uh, the Lions, uh, Mark Waitman, uh, and um, and we've had him on on the press zone uh, before. Um, what an accomplishment in their first year. An ECHL team is very important. The Canadians have, we talked about it many times, over that, that gap where they didn't have a dedicated ECHL team. We've seen all of the movement this year between uh, the Lions and the Rocket, and uh, uh, the Rocket have depended on, on them, and, and nice to have them so close by. But uh, for fans there, uh, pretty exciting that they're going to 
Kelly Cup playoffs in their first year. And a credit to you, who's uh, covered that team throughout the season and and kept us apprised of uh, of their accomplishments. Yeah, it was a, it was a uh, ECHL was new for me this season uh, to watch it uh, closely, and it's it's uh, I think it's a better product, and it's what its reputation gives yeah. out. I think the reputation is that it's uh, how can you say it? maybe like an organized beer league, but uh, the quality is much it's it's high it's better than what I expected of it to be. And and those players. Um, it is a pretty pretty good caliber of hockey, and those players are really dedicated because uh, they put in a lot of miles on on a bus. Uh, they they uh, don't get paid a lot, and uh, the they are players who who really uh, are are dedicated to uh, playing hockey, either to um, with aspirations of of playing higher or or just to fulfill their uh, dream of playing hockey as long as they can. And and Rick, uh, a fun fact before we move on to the next topic, uh, when it relates to the Lions, on Wednesday when the Railers uh, shut out the Trois-Rivières Lions, who was their their goaltender? Kenneth Appleby. Oh wow! Yeah, and where was Kenneth Appleby last night? He was at the Bell Center. He was backing up uh, Ilya Sorokin. So, <laughs> so it's quite the movement uh, that happened. And we remember him from Team Canada as well. Yeah, so uh, so it's quite uh, quite the movement. ECHL is important. Uh, so you can check out the Habs Notepad on allhabs.net on Monday morning for a recap of uh, the game uh, this this Saturday afternoon, including post-game comments from head coach Eric Belanger. And, well, I'll also put in a, maybe a small preview of the series against the uh, Growlers. That's, that should begin sometime uh, in the upcoming uh, week. And also a reminder, be sure to read the content over at ahl.report and listen and subscribe to the Press Zone. And uh, last week's episode, we had there was another great episode of uh, the Press Zone. Uh, now let's move on to our quotes of the week. So throughout the week, we collect some of the most uh, memorable quotes and we we replay them here and discuss them in on the Canadians connection and while it was no surprise that a lot of it has to do with Carey Price this week the big return he had in played since game seven of the sorry game five I should say the Stanley Cup final against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning we all wish it would have gone to seven games um so Carey Price made his return and he spoke after the the game uh, as well and let's hear his first clip when he talks about his game preparation. The day overall, like preparation-wise, I felt uh, I felt like our uh, our whole day we we prepared well for the game, and I thought we played well tonight. And uh, obviously, tonight getting to the game, it was it was kind of you know business as as usual. I didn't feel you know out of place or anything like that. I thought. Uh, Going into the game, I was I felt ready and prepared mentally and physically, and um, obviously the reception was great. So it was. Um, uh, Carey Price uh, all season has been arriving at the rink uh, for game time. Um, has been you know seeing the players, talking to the players, but he talked about the difference of actually going through the routine, having the the pregame nap. Uh, he said he gave a, a lot of credit. 
uh, to his wife for keeping the kids quiet uh, at the house uh, so he could have that pregame nap. But uh, sitting in the locker, joking with with, with uh, getting the equipment on and joking with uh, fellow teammates, um, and then going out for the warm up and and um, seeing his kids and Angela uh, there at the glass, uh, everything it, it was all the things that he had been craving uh, over uh, these last few months, um, and and all of that returned and and uh, uh, he said that helped keep him loose uh, and uh, and keep him focused on on the job that he had to do. And during his tenure with the Canadians, uh, the relationship between the Canadians and, you know, some of the fans, it always seems like Carey Price is a very polarizing topic when it comes to Canadians' uh, fan base. But despite that, uh, I didn't think there was any doubt that the crowds would cheer him uh, on when he hit the ice on Friday, and that was the case. And here's Carey Price talking about how that felt. Obviously, it was uh, heartwarming. Um made me feel really, uh, really, uh, I guess, wanted. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely emotional, but I was able to, uh, I was able to stifle that and stay focused because, um, you know, I wanted to play well tonight, so. He, uh, yeah, he felt wanted. Um, and um, that, that's something that uh, we remember uh, when, when he set that uh, games record and, and, and the fans, and, and he said he cheered up, and uh, he teared up in, in the, the crease when that happened. But last night, too, he, he really felt uh, wanted, he felt appreciated um, by the fans, and, and it was a different day in Montreal. It was, it was different than it's been all season long, um, and it started early, and, and fans were uh, on the street um, uh, around the Bell Centre uh, quite early as, as the players were arriving around 4.30 in their cars, and Kerry was cheered as he drove up in his, in his truck by fans, and then um, it continued in warm-up, and it continued with every save that, that he made. It, it took uh, a few minutes for him to get his first save, um, at the sixteen twenty six mark, uh, but they cheered that and they cheered almost every save that he made and not as sometimes has happened in a Bronx cheer way, but in uh, truly letting him know that he was appreciated and truly, uh, welcoming, welcoming him back, uh, to, uh, to the bell center. And the same thing when he was named the second star of the night, also got a good cheer from the fans after the game. And after the game, a couple of uh, prices, uh, teammates, a couple of them who've been uh, his teammates for a while, spoke. Uh, first, we'll hear from uh, Paul Byron. Uh, Paul Byron, he spoke about um, how the night was for the organization, the return of Carey Price. Uh, he's a quiet guy. He's got such a calm, you know, passive demeanor to him. But I know deep down that that meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to his family. Um, you know, he doesn't always express his emotions, but can't imagine how he felt tonight, getting that kind of uh, a welcome back from the crowds, show how much they, they really love him. And, you know, it's, uh, it's been an incredible run he's had here, his career, um, incredible goalie, and you know, everyone was pretty happy to have him back, us included. So, um, special night for him. It's a special night for, for Kerry, obviously, with his, his family. Um, talked about uh, Michael Andelar, um, uh, the uh, the owner of the, the Hamilton Bulldogs and a shareholder in the Canadians, uh, giving up uh, the seats uh, in the the second period uh, for Angela and the kids so that they could be down uh, near him. 
um, that uh, so that you know it was it was great for his family, but but Paul talked about too the how special it was for his teammates and and uh, by extension the the organization uh, in in having him uh, back and and um, it it really uh, raised everyone the fans it it really raised the the level of hope for for everyone in the building. And uh, teammate Nick Suzuki, he, he's he been around Carey Price for the last couple of seasons, a uh, younger player than Paul Byron, but he, he spoke about as well what the goaltender means to the franchise. He's been the face of the franchise uh, ever since he came into the organization, and um, he carries a lot of weight on his shoulders and uh, has, is a great role model for everybody and uh, really uh, is a Montreal Canadian down to this core. So um, just have him back special the fans feel that and so do we he says a lot there um does nick suzuki in that um that carrie price has been the guy who's uh who does carry a lot of weight uh he and he deflects a lot uh, he 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 attracts a lot of the attention so it's not uh placed on on others and and uh, he takes up a lot of space he has a huge presence uh, Barry Trotz even talked about the presence uh, and the intimidation factor of of uh, of a Carey Price um, and and uh, I think Carey's answered the question about uh, about being a Montreal Canadian and and what that means to that it's part of his identity it's part of who he is but Nick uh, also talked about it that uh, saying and I I think it's a strong quote that Carey Price is a Montreal Canadian down to his core. And yeah, a special night uh, for the entire organization and and in our big topic segment in a couple of minutes we'll talk about uh, the, the Canadians uh, goaltending situation in the in the organization. Moving on to, now to some other uh, some of the hockey news um Around um, around the hockey world, I should say, uh, Rick, why don't you tell us about a decision that was made by uh, Hockey Canada? In hockey Canada uh, has granted uh, exceptional player status uh, to uh, Michael Misa um, and uh, uh, to to be eligible uh, for the OHL draft. Uh, why is that significant? Um, uh, and that's the the upcoming draft, the 2022 AH, OHL draft. Uh, it's significant because uh, Michael Misa is only 15 years old um, and uh, needed to be granted that exceptional player status in order to be uh, eligible for the draft. Uh, and this is only the sixth time that's at, that's ever happened. Um, and when you think about uh, uh, Hockey Canada granting that exceptional status and those uh, five players that have come before, you have names like Aaron Ekblad, John Tavares, Connor McDavid, Shane Wright, um, who should go number one overall in the upcoming draft. These, these, uh, this is, these are special players. And so uh, you may not have heard the name Michael Misa, but you will. Um, now, you know, whether the Canadians will be in contention for the, the, uh, you know, one of the top draft spots at that point, uh, we don't know. And, and we hope not. Um, but, uh, this is, this is us, this is, uh, some big news in the hockey world and thought it would be a good idea to bring it to you. 
And now in, in sad news in the world of hockey, on uh, Friday, TVA Sports and New York Islanders announced that uh, the New York Islanders legend Mike Bossy passed away after a, a battle with uh, lung cancer. He was uh, 65. And uh, Bossy, he had a great career in the NHL. He was an eight-time All-Star. He finished uh, his career with 573 goals and 553 assists in uh, 752 regular season games. He was the fastest player to reach the 100 goal mark, and uh, currently he ranks 22nd on the career's goal list. In the playoffs, Bossy had 160 points in 129 games, and back and knee injuries ultimately ended his career in 1987. And, you know, he's put up some great numbers, but the one that impresses me the, uh, the most is that he, he started off his career with nine straight 50 goal uh, seasons. So that's something remarkable. I think that's something that uh, probably will never get even matched by anybody in the NHL. So our, our thoughts go to Mike Bossy's family, his friends, his uh, colleagues for the passing of Mike Bossy and, and Rick. Uh, what a career as well that Mike Bossy had. For sure, uh, a goal scorer is goal scorer. Um, he he, uh, um, you know, being a Montreal native, he was always, even though uh, part of the New York Islands and the Islanders, and part of a dynasty really um, with the Islanders. Uh, and he was on that that top line with uh, there were that included Mike Bossy, Brian Trotche, uh, and Clark Gillies, who uh, who also who passed away in January. Um, that was that was a, a real powerful line, and and I think Canadians fans always kind of thought and wondered what what could have been um, had uh, Mike Bossy been part of the Canadians. <clears throat> I think um, Serge Savard mentioned uh, that's that's the only flaw in in Bossy's career is that he wasn't part of the Montreal Canadiens. So um, um, there was an acknowledgement Friday night, uh, a little bit of a memorial for him. Uh, before uh, puck drop, and uh, and as you said, we we send out our condolences uh, to the Bossy family. All right, we're going to take our first break here on the Canadians uh, Connection podcast. Coming up next in our big topic segment with Terry Price making his season debut, we'll take the opportunity to take a look at the Canadians goaltending situation across the organization. But first, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Stay with us. This is the Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, welcome back to Canadian Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Chris G, and you can find me on Twitter at ChrisHabs360. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, AllHabs. And don't forget, you can follow Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe to Canadian Connection Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Leave a rating, leave a comment, and tell everybody about um, about our podcast. Time now for our big topic, the Canadians goaltending situation. Well, it's always a big topic when it comes to, uh, for the Canadians organization. And well, when Carey Price made his debut on, uh, on Friday at the Bell Center against the Islanders, he became the sixth goalie used this season by the, by the Canadians. And that actually set a new franchise record for most goalies used by the Canadians in one uh, in one season, that's not and a good record, right? That's another no. <laughs> another one of yeah. those dubious records. Yeah, a record that they never want to break again. And you know, Price's return uh, brought a buzz of excitement uh, in the Canadians fan base in the city and uh, Carey Price's uh, teammates. We even heard Brent Gallagher. Speaking before the game, and he seemed he was pretty excited that his teammate uh, Carey Price would would be getting a start uh, that uh, evening. And uh, let's start off by lo- looking at the the goaltending situation of this season. So I guess the five of the goalies that were used before uh, Carey Price, and because Carey Price will definitely change uh, the the Canadians the, their strength at that position and you know Jake Jake Allen he he played in 30 he started 35 games this season he was a goalie that was mostly used he's been through a lot through a couple of injuries this year but Rick it's it's not a surprise for for Jake Allen like we've seen it even before he joined the Canadians like we knew it coming in that Jake Allen he's he's not a number one goalie he doesn't he just can't uh, he just can't survive a full season as a number one goalie, and this season he was he he had to be used a lot because he had to act as a team's number one goalie, and you know the results, injuries, we've seen some uh, shaky starts from him as well. That's right, and and um, um, li- listen, Jake Allen is is one of the nicer guys uh, that you, you're going to meet. Uh, he knew his position coming to Montreal, that he was there to be the backup uh, for Carey Price, and he always spoke in deference um, with a lot of respect to Carey Price every time he's in front of the microphone. Um, he knows what his role is, and that's because he he can acknowledge uh, that he's not uh, a number one goaltender anymore. Um, and for two reasons, the, the injury part is, is part of it, but, but, uh, being the guy, being the number one, um, when the team counts on you and when you need to, to, uh, play a, a number of starts, that's just not, 
that's not what, uh, well, um, he can't do that and be consistently good uh, anymore. He, he just not. Um, he's, he's had 35 games, uh, played, um, he has a 9.20 and four record, uh, 3.30 goals against a 9.05 save percentage. That's just not, that's just not good enough. The Canadians goaltending, um, has been a huge weak spot. Not the, there's lots of problems. There's, there's all kinds of problems. And, and listen, uh, some of those problems existed, uh, before, uh, Jeff Gordon arrived, before Kent Hughes arrived. Um, a lot of those problems, we, we, we've seen that the, what the team is capable of without Carey Price this season. Uh, the Canadians are, are a last place team, uh, that, that, that Mark Bergevin built, um, and, uh, remove him and the goaltending situation has just fall, fallen apart. The Canadians are last in the NHL in goals against per game, uh, uh, at 3.81, um, now, you know, um, again, there's a lot of love for, for Jake Allen, uh, but you look beyond and, 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 you know, maybe people uh, offer some excuses while look at the, the team in front of them, uh, for some of those standard stats. Well, you look at some of the advanced stats, um, you said he had some shaky starts. He's top five in the league. There is a stat called RBS, really bad starts, uh, developed by Rob Volman. Uh, and there's some analytics to do with that. Uh, Jake Allen has had eight really bad starts. Uh, goals, uh, uh, goals saved beyond um, uh, average. Uh, another analytic. He's 41st in the league. Um, quality starts uh, only at 514. That's 48th in the league. Uh, Jake Allen in the role as a backup uh, he can be he can be successful and he can be uh, part of the team, but he can't be your number one. And um, and so again, that's that's a, a difficult thing to say. But you want to put players in the position to succeed, and putting them above, putting them in the slot above uh, what their capabilities are, uh, causes them to fail. And that's what happened has happened with Jake Allen this season. Yeah, and I think it's happened with with a lot of the goalies in the Canadians organization. Like if you look at Simon Montebourg, who's the goalie who's seen the second most action from uh, from uh, the, in the Canadians this season in the NHL. He's he's appeared in 35 games, started 27 of them. His uh, save percentage is below 900. It's at uh, 895, uh, 364 goals against average. Uh, especially his the the beginning of his tenure with the Canadians was really 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 difficult. Uh, I think there has been some um, some progress uh, made by Montebourg since the the start of the season, but you know overall I think his numbers kind of reflect like the, his performance. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, he was picked up on waivers. Um, once thought of as as uh, as as a prospect, um, he's getting older, and I, I think we see the kind of goaltender that he is. Um, and and maybe that isn't an NHL goaltender. Uh, maybe he can be. Um, you know, he talked about Cedric Paquette and how successful he's been in the AHL. Maybe he's one of those tweeners that that's able to uh, be successful in in the AHL. Uh, but he's really struggled, and and as you said, struggled earlier um, since Eric Raymond got got uh, the goalie coach got a chance to work with him. He's been better, but is it kind of the situation where 
um, anti that they they did with Anti Niemi and got him kind of stabilized, and and then he was a disaster the following year. Um, so that should be kept in mind when you're thinking about his future with the Canadians. Again, the the analytics, the advanced stats, uh, six really bad starts. Um, Goal saved above average, minus 13. That's uh, 66th out of all the goaltenders in the league. He ranks 66th. He ranks number eight, 80, number 80 uh, in terms of quality starts. It, he's, it's questionable whether he's a, uh, an NHL goaltender. And then Keenan Primo, he was third in terms of usage with Canadians this year. Uh, appeared in 12 games, started uh, nine of them. And, and he he was in the same situation where he he was used at a spot like too soon. Like uh, his his training with the Canadian showed us that he's not ready yet to be uh, an NHL uh, goalie. Like he, he needs more playing time in uh, in the AHL. If you look at his numbers, his uh, conventional stats: 868 save percentage and a 462 goals against average. Yikes. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I, I think we can say definitively he's not an NHL goaltender at this point. Uh, will he? Um, you know, he needs. He still needs a lot of time uh, in the AHL, and and hopefully the Laval Rocket playoff run will help him in that regard. Uh, just to follow up on the advanced stats, six really bad starts. Um, <laughs> six out of nine. Yeah, uh, that's 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 not good. Uh, three thirty-three. Uh, that's 89th in the league in terms of quality starts, and 70, 70th in terms of goals saved above average. And then, well, the two other goals that were used was you know Andrew Hammond. You know when when he was with the Canadians, he he went three and zero with with the, with the Canadians. But you know we saw he's been struggling in New Jersey as as well but he, somehow he did pull off he, he managed to pull up some good numbers with the Canadians yeah it's um it's a good news story he wasn't expected to do much he, there was no pressure on him he came in he performed well um had a, a nice little uh, run with Montreal went to New Jersey and 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 he's not been good there uh but you know uh, for for both um, Andrew Ham, we didn't even include the numbers because, um, kind of on such a small yeah, sample small side, they're not they're not really relevant for both Hammond and and uh, Michael McNiven. Yeah, Michael McNiven played twenty minutes with the Canadians, and now he's long story short, he's in Belleville with in the Senators organization. All right, let's take a look now at going the Canadians' coaching situation going forward, and you know what. What can it look like going forward in the 22-23 season? There's there's lots of questions to be uh, to be asked, and you know one of them has to with let's start with with Canadians number one goalie Carey Price. He's he's mentioned it was in January, I believe, when he when he spoke and gave an update. When he he spoke and he said that you know he, there was a reason why he signed with the Canadians with a no movement clause that he wanted to remain in the organization. He has no plans on moving. So, and on the ice, it was a, it was one sample, it was a sample of one game. Like we'll, we'll know to the end of the season, how he'll perform for the rest of it. But, you know, if assuming he'll be healthy and uh, assuming that he still wants to remain in Montreal Canadiens, so he'll definitely have the Canadiens number one spot uh, next uh, next season, and 
And and who knows with it what direction the Canadian organization want to go with Kent Hughes, Jeff Gordon? Will they try to you know see explore see if Price is willing to cancel his no movement clause? But even that, like even from a Canadian's perspective, I see it. It I don't see it as any good deal that could come out of potentially even trying to move Carey Price. So in my sense, it would be you keep Carey Price. In goal, as long as he wants to be here, obviously you don't force him to stay here. But as long as he wants to be a Canadian, like I think he should stay here and remain the number one goalie. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair uh, analysis. Um, you know, I th- I think it was you know some, some fans are asking why what was the what's the point of of him coming back when there's nothing to play for? Well, I think it's important for Carey Price and uh, Jerry Johansson, his agent, said uh, you know he kept. Uh, Carrie kept hearing from Kerry Price, I'm going to come back. I, it's important. I'm coming back. Uh, and it was, it was Carrie Price's goal to, to come back this season uh, and work hard. Uh, Marty St. Louis talked about how uh, hard Carrie Price has worked to make uh, this happen and, and the number of hours he's put in um, and uh, to prepare himself. And, and uh, it's important for Carrie Price uh, so that, uh, that he can get an assessment of of his body and his recovery time, as you mentioned uh, earlier. Um, and it's important for the organization, too, to see what they have. Um, you know, folks say that that he he uh, waived his no-move clause uh, to uh, in the expansion draft, and, man, maybe he'd do it again. I'd, I'd, I don't think so. That was a very, very specific situation, he did it not to give himself an opportunity in Seattle. He did it to protect Jake Allen uh, because Mark Bergevin was able, unable to do so. So he stepped in and said, uh, this is the way we can protect uh, Jake Allen in the expansion draft. That was very specific. And hearing him say, um, you know, how much the, being the Canadiens goaltender uh, is part of his identity, hearing his teammates talk about him as being the face of the franchise and the core of the team, um, and, a, and a leader. Um, I, I don't know that it's to the, the Canadians' advantage, even though they're not going to be competing for the Stanley Cup for the next few years. It's not to their advantage uh, to, to look at a deal where they would have to retain salary. Um, and, then, and then what? Uh, they don't have, uh, if, if Kerry moves, they don't have anyone uh, in the organization uh, that, uh, that can take on that role and play that many games. So, um, a lot of a lot of these questions are going to be answered over the next uh, few weeks by seeing how many games uh, Kerry plays, and then the discussions that uh, Kent Hughes and and uh, Jeff Gordon have with Kerry and his agent. Yeah, and and if even if Kerry Price like waves no movement clause, it would be for a contender, a team where he has a chance to win like the the Stanley Cup. Like he wouldn't. I doubt he'd be able to go to a team like Arizona or something, but like, and if he would do it for a contending team, like that, like there's not many teams that could contending teams that could just add Carey Price's cap hit on their roster. So the Canadians would need to retain salary. So the Canadians retain, let's say, 50%, which is what five million, and then what? Canadians can go get another goalie that they're gonna pay three to four or five million. Well, then it's 10 million in terms of goaltending. So you might as well keep Carey Price then. But um, and then what gets interesting is Canadians have another goaltender, Jake Allen, that we spoke about a couple of minutes ago, who's currently like the, the team's uh, backup 
goalie. In terms of a backup goalie, I think Jake Allen could uh, would interest a lot of teams. He has a good contract as well for a backup goalie. It's like under three million, which is very uh, very affordable. So, but then again, like Rick, you ask yourself like to the same question: if the Canadians move Jake Allen, like what happens after that? Yeah, that's that's just it. Um, I'm sure that if Jake Allen was healthy uh, prior to the the trade deadline, there would have been some interest in Jake Allen. Um, so I, I I can imagine that teams will be calling uh, the Canadians in the off season saying, "Is is he available?" Um, and you know, um, Kent Hughes has already always said. You know, like Arturi Lekkanen, I, I don't want to trade this player, but if you blow me away with an offer, then then okay. If that happens in the offseason, uh, then maybe they'll move uh, Jake Allen. But he would only be moved in a backup situation. As you said, a, a, a pretty digestible contract for a backup goaltender at $2.875 million next year, and then uh, UFA after that. So that might be attractive uh, to a, a team that's that's going to be a contender. Uh, and that that you know teams would know that that we can't put uh, Allen in the situation that he was in in Montreal in in this past year. Uh, he would be our backup. So so maybe that happens. But uh, um, I don't. I'm I'm. I think there's uh, th- there's not a better than fifty percent chance of that happening. And. In terms of the pipeline, so uh, Simon Montable, by the way, he's a he's a restricted free agent at the end of uh, at the end of the season, so so who knows uh, if he'll if he'll be back uh, next year. And f- first of all, the Canadians want him back <laughs> next year as well, or will the Canadians look to be looking to acquire a goaltender in the off season? Because after that, the closest would be Caden Primo, like we mentioned a couple of minutes ago. Caden Primo next season should spend it. In the AHL with the with the Laval Rocket, so he shouldn't uh, act as a backup uh, goaltender, whether it's uh, to to carry price. Yeah, with with both of them, both of them are, are restricted free agents uh, this upcoming year. Both Caden Primo and Sam Montembeau. Um, I, I think if um, less is expected, and and uh, if they've seen some things that they like in Sam Montembeau, and and they they. Uh, see him being as uh, a good addition to Laval next year. We we saw when when Sam Montembeau was acquired, uh, and the, all the expect the expect expectation at that point was that he would be in Laval. He said it was a bold quote at the time. I'm going to Laval to be the number one goaltender. I'm not going there to be, um, and and I'll fill in the rest. Uh, I'm not going to be uh, Caden Primo's backup. So if that would push uh, Caden Primo next year, maybe that's a, a nice uh, situation uh, to have. But um, you know, uh, putting him as as a backup in Montreal, I, I, I don't I don't know if if uh, the Canadians are are going to. Uh, follow that that remedy. What about like I think I think we can all agree that Canadians aren't expected to be contenders next year, right? They'll probably be like another rebuild year or whatever the word that they that they use. So it's not like they're nobody ex- will, will be expecting them to go into a deep playoff run in that scenario. Considering that you know expectations will be relatively low for next season, you know, can multiple act as a backup goalie for the Canadians? As as long as he's playing infrequently, um, you know, rather infrequently, maybe maybe uh, they would 
they would welcome that. But uh, well, uh, if wins aren't important, because because the wins technically won't be that important from an organization perspective. Right, but you you I don't think they can go into the situation next year where uh, goaltending is is a weak spot, is a liability. They want to be. Uh, Marty St. Louis wants to be competitive every game. Uh, they might lose a lot, but he wants them to compete. And, and this year uh, with Montembeau uh, and with Allen, the, yeah. with, more with Montembeau, they, they just weren't competing. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. And then the Canadians have other prospects in uh, in the pipeline, but you know, none of them, you know, obviously won't be ready for the NHL. Do you expect, would you expect any potential surprises or anything that you can expect from the other Canadians goalies in the pipelines? I don't think so. Frederick Decau, um, he was picked up in 2019 in the fifth round. Um, he played in, in uh, Sweden. Um, he's actually from uh, Denmark, uh, but he played in Sweden this past year. Had a, a, a good um, uh, season in the uh, Allsvenskan, which is kind of the just below their SHL, and and he got up to the SHL for one game, I think. He had a really good season. Like, let's compare it AHL to NHL. Had a really good season um, in uh, in the Allsvenskan. Um, Eighteen wins, nine losses, nine thirty save save percentage, and and two twenty seven goals against. So. Um, I now that he's he's just graduating to the SHL, that's probably where he'll be um, next season. Uh, Joe Verbetic, pretty young as well, um, just picked up last year, seventh round, twenty twenty one. Was back with uh, North Bay Battalion. Um, his first year there, North Bay was a horrible team. Uh, they're better. They're they're going to have uh, be in the playoffs. It looks like, and he's had a, a decent season there, but. Uh, uh, expect him to be uh, back again. He's he's uh, interesting goaltender, uh, given that he's uh, six foot six. Um, the the real um, a bit of a spark plug, I think, uh, is uh, Jakob Dobis. Um, he was selected fifth round, twenty twenty. Um, again, he graduated uh, from the USHL. He was with Omaha. Uh, to the uh, first division, NCAA, played for Ohio State, and had a sparkling season there, 226 goals against, 934 save percentage. Uh, but again, uh, we expect him to, to be back at Ohio State uh, next year. Uh, so none of those uh, mentioned goaltenders are, are, are going to be a help uh, for uh, Laval or for, um, for the Canadians. So, Rick, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. It's a, I say in um, game one of the regular season, 22-23, the goaltending tandem will be Price and Allen. Yeah, I, that's that's. Uh, I know that that uh, Canadians fans are expecting us to predict some uh, wild activity in the off season, but the most likely scenario um, is just as you say that uh, that 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 would work with uh, Price. Um, you know, uh, playing most of the games, Allen being the backup, and uh, the 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 other two fighting it out in uh, the AHL. Now, I know that there's some speculation, and uh, does Jeff Gordon have some familiarity with uh, Gorg- Georgiev in in uh, from 
Um, Alexander Georgiev uh, with the Rangers? Of course he does. Um, a backup there to Shesterkin, and it looks like the Rangers would be willing to part with him. He's 26 years old. He's uh, His contract is $2.65 million. Um, is he a guy that could fit as a backup for, for Montreal if Jake Allen moved on or, or if there were, were other changes? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, we know that Mark Bergevin had reached out to Columbus uh, and was looking at uh, acquiring Eunice Corpusalo. Again, a $3 million contract. He's a UFA, uh, whereas uh, Georgiev is an RFA. Uh, Corpusalo, a couple years older, is a UFA next year. Um, so if... If we want to speculate about moves, maybe, maybe uh, those are, are some potential targets. But the most likely scenario is the one that you uh, mentioned and the tandem of Price. Um, Alan, for the start of, the, of next season. Yeah, and there's still a lot of question marks around goaltending because, you know, for one, we have to see how Carey Price performs from now until the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. We'll have to definitely know, you know, get confirmation that Price wants to remain with the organization like we, we, we expect it, that he does, and then what are the intentions of uh, Hughes and uh, Gorton during uh, during the off season. So, so I'm going to make another bold prediction here, Rick. All right. I think between now... And October, we'll talk about goaltending again. I think we, I think we will. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> All right, time to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, Michael Spinella, he's gonna jump in, and he and Michael and Rick, you guys are gonna talk about uh, prospect Canadians prospects and a lot more. I'll talk to you again next week, Rick. And uh, stay with us. You're listening to Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. 
That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 187 of Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. You can also text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853 Rocket. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'm stepping in uh, in place of Chris G for segment three. And uh, Rick, how's it going? It's good to have you back in the chair. Good to see you. And uh, um, we needed your expertise for this third segment. I appreciate uh, being back here and providing as much expertise as I can. And uh, (laughs) this is going to be the Have Your Say segment. We have our uh, question of the week coming up, plus some uh, texts and emails. But first, I want to let you all know about some content that we have up at allhabs.net. So make sure you head out to head over to allhabs.net to see all of our amazing content, starting off with the weekly notepad. Chris G has a weekly Habs notepad that comes out every Monday and he'll get you all readied up for the week. He'll go through literally everything Habs related. We also do our Habs headlines. So any headline that there is, you can find comprehensive and detailed analysis on that. Plus game day previews and recaps. So we'll get you set up for the games. We'll get you set up coming out of the game. If you like the game a lot, you can read about it there. Or if you missed it, we'll get you all caught up. Plus, on YouTube, head over to YouTube, search All Habs, and check out our Habs Hockey Report. Every Thursday, Amy Johnson releases a new video, and she'll get you all set up for the week in terms of Habs news, and she'll have all sorts of awesome topics to talk about as well. This past week, uh, the episode's called Tale of Two Teams. She goes in-depth on both the Montreal Canadiens and the Laval Rocket. Plus, there's a little bit of a discussion on Martin St. Louis as a coach. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I also invite you to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any videos. Also, leave comments, ask questions, and uh, let us know what you think. Those questions get that you ask or that you leave as a comment get incorporated into the, the following show. Uh, so... Uh, Fans have been doing that, have been uh, leaving their comments, have been subscribing. The, the uh, Habs Hockey Report on YouTube is, is probably our hottest piece of content right now. It's taken off lots of new subscribers, and uh, we're really grateful to you for that. Yeah, I look forward to the episode every single week. It's, uh, it's a nice uh, thing to pop on in the background after work, so definitely check that out. And on Tuesday, we release our sister podcast, The Press Zone, Uh, New episodes every week get in-depth coverage on the AHL. Uh, Laval Rocket are heading off to the playoffs. It's it's crunch time. We're coming up on the end of the season. They're second place in the Northern Division, and it's, it's a horse race. So definitely get caught up on that. This coming Tuesday, it's the AHL hot stove, so Patrick Williams is going to step in, and uh, they'll have an in-depth discussion on everything AHL. Uh, Is there anything you want to add to that one, Rick? Everything you need to know about what's happening. As you said, it's a horse race, particularly in that North Division, which uh, uh, Laval Rocket. Laval Rocket have been uh, doing well, and... and, uh, uh, are pushing hard for a, a playoff uh, spot, but 
things are very volatile. They're very tight. Uh, so um, just in one game, there can be some uh, a lot of movement. So uh, join us for the press zone. As you said, uh, I call him AHL guru, uh, Patrick Williams. He'll be sitting down in the, the um, for the hot stove segment, and we'll we'll uh, let you know everything you you need to know uh, for the Laval Rockets playoff chances. And now uh, it's time to hear from you. It's our Canadians question of the week. We're going to head over to Facebook to read all the comments. How excited were you to see Carey Price make his season debut? Well, this is a much-anticipated season debut for Carey Price. Um, it was uh, kind of rumored all week that um, he was going to be playing one of the two uh, games that were back-to-back. Uh, it turned out it was uh, Friday Um against the New York Islanders and Canadians fans. Once uh, the confirmation was made on Friday morning by Canadians interim coach Marty St. Louis uh, that he was uh, the confirmed starter, uh, our Facebook page uh, lit up with comments. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com slash allhabs. We have more than 50,000 of uh, you, 50,000 Habs fans uh, who are always um, uh, ready to, to talk about any issue and uh, let me just read a couple of the comments uh, of um, <laughs> of a page full of them. Uh, we have Bryce Jodry who said, I hope Kerry chooses to finish his career in Montreal. This guy carried our team through a long, painful Bergevin rebuild. He de- deserves a red carpet. He deserves the red carpet treatment in Montreal. He's an absolute legend. Uh, Don LaFrance Moule says, uh, oh my God, I drove... Seven hours to see my first game in Montreal, and I get this special treat. Wow, that, uh, Don, that must have been uh, pretty exciting for you to be there in the Bell Center. Uh, it was the only the fourth time this season that uh, the Bell Center was sold out. Uh, and um, as we talked about in the earlier segments, to hear the, the Bell Center chanting "Carry, Carry" throughout the game, um, almost every time he made a save was uh, was pretty exciting. Um, we have uh, Sandra and Chris McCaver say, awesome news. Welcome back, Carrie. We certainly missed you. Um, Susan Dory, maybe this will be the last one I read. Uh, Susan Dory says, whether the boys are at the end of the season or not, seeing Carrie on the ice tonight will be a wonderful sight. And I think that, that kind of encaps- encapsulates most fans. They know it was a rough season. They know it's been difficult. It's coming. The pain is, is coming to an end. Uh, so this was a highlight of, of uh, the season to have Carey Price back in net. Um, goaltending's been an issue, as we talked about last segment um, this season. So uh, to give some hope to Canadians fans for what they can expect next season, um, Habs fans are excited. And uh, they have plenty of reason to be excited. Uh, it was great to see Carey Price back last night. Super exciting. Uh, nice that he got to do that at home in front of fans. And uh, it's nice to hear that uh, there's a lot of positivity around that. For sure. So we'll continue to hear uh, from our listeners. Uh, we have, uh, I guess, a question that came over via email and text uh, from uh, Trevor Woodstock. Are Craig Button's prospect rankings legit? I know we got a couple questions about these prospect rankings. Uh, what do you think, Rick? 
We did get, uh, of course, TSN, uh, their um, chief scout uh, is Craig Button. And uh, this week he put out his rankings, his prospect rankings, his top 50 prospect rankings overall. And then he broke it down by all the Canadian teams and um, had his rankings for each uh, for each of the Canadian teams of their prospects. Um, and so we got a couple of, uh, a few texts. We got an email. Uh, this one, that one that you just read, uh, it's Trevor from Woodstock, Ontario, Habs fan. Um, and, and we should say when you, when you do send your texts, uh, the ones we read on the air are going to, ha- are going to have your name and they're going to have where you're from. Uh, cause we know that Habs fans are everywhere. So this, um, from, um, uh, Woodstock, Ontario, Radian, um, that's 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 least country uh so we know there's there's habs fans there um my brother's one of them in in uh in waterloo the kitchener waterloo area um so he said are are uh, craig button's uh prospect rankings legit and and we we hear a lot of criticism about these rankings and um so we just thought we would take a look at them um see what he how he's laid them out and and listen um Craig Button is um, he he wears many hats for TSN. Um, he, he he puts out his draft rankings. These are prospect rankings. Uh, he does uh, commentary. He does color uh, for games. Um, so is he focused on prospects? Does he attend a lot of games watching prospects? Well, no, and and uh, that's why uh, maybe uh, there's some dispute with the rankings that he's laid out for the Canadians, for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, his top 10 list looks like this. Uh, number one, Caden Gooley. Uh, two, Joshua Wah. Three, Justin Barron. Uh, number four, Jordan Harris. Five, Sean Farrell. Uh, six, Matthias Norlander. Seven, Jan Meshack. Um, eight, Logan Mayu. Uh, nine, yes, Ulanen. I say that right for it. Yes. Uh, and number 10, Riley Kidney. Um, so, you know, look, I, I took a look at these. I've seen, I've seen all these pl- players play, um, and I kind of compared it to, uh, what other folks are saying. And, um, I'll just say this, um, there's no one who doesn't have Caden Gooley at the top of the Habs <laughs> prospect rankings. I think that's an easy one. Caden Gooley is, um, you know, he, he's at, at the CHL level, at the junior level, um, Caden Gooley, it, it's, it's unfair. He's, he's an absolute force. Uh, we saw uh, that he was briefly um, uh, going to be the captain of, of the, uh, the world junior team for Canada. Um, he started off with Prince Albert this year. Um, as their captain, then traded to the Edmonton Oil Kings, and we'll see uh, how far that goes. He had some injury issues, but um, again, uh, he is—he's athletic. He's uh, an exceptionally good skater. He's big. He's strong. He's mean, um, and he's a, a shutdown type of defenseman. And and I think everyone can agree that that he's right now the Canadians' uh, top prospect. I'll uh, read a quote from Craig Button in regards to Caden Gooley and his thoughts on uh, Montreal's prospect crop. Uh, Caden Gooley can play NHL right now, Button says. It's a deep, deep, deep prospect pool for the Montreal Canadiens at all different positions and all different types of players. 
So Craig Button certainly had some nice things to say about uh, Montreal's crop of prospects. He had some really awesome things to say about Gooley. Uh, I I think you can have a debate whether or not you think Caden Gooley could play NHL right now. Uh, I think most people think maybe he could use a little bit of time in the A next year, but we don't know yet. We'll wait and see on that. We'll oh. see. We'll see what he looks like in training camp. It's a good point, though. Is he going to jump in and take over that shutdown spot uh, vacated by Shea Weber? Is he going to take over that shutdown spot vacated by Ben Sherratt? Let's be patient with him, like we will with, I mean, next season there's going to be a lot of young defensemen, and can they all play uh, in the lineup at the same time? Alexander Romanoff has taken on uh, such a a large role this season, but he's still young. Um, Jordan Harris has had a few games. Justin Barron, uh, unfortunately that uh, injury will keep him out the rest of the season. Um, and then it, it, does Gooley get added to that mix, and, and is he able to play uh, on a regular basis? How is it going to look in, in training camp? I, those, are, those are good questions. I'd, I, we don't know. I think, we, as you said, we don't know um, whether he's going to... Um, I, I'm glad to, to hear that Craig Button has the confidence uh, that he can <laughs> step in right away, but uh, we're going to have to wait and see on that one. For sure. And I'll uh, also point out here that uh, Craig Button put out a top 50 for prospects on all the teams in the NHL. Uh, Gooley came in at number 20. That's uh, Montreal's highest ranked prospect. So he has Montreal with one in the top 20. Two in the top 50 overall. Uh, we have Joshua Waugh, who comes in at number 38, actually. Uh, what do you think about that one? Yeah, um, maybe it's not a surprise that the Canadians uh, don't have uh, a lot of picks. You know, they don't have any picks in in the top ten or the the top nineteen, um, because of where they have been uh, selecting in the past few years. Um, that's all going to change, obviously, uh, with the upcoming draft. Um, I, I know that that certainly. Uh, Montreal is very excited about Joshua Waugh. Um, the, the reporters where Craig would be getting his information are pretty, pretty excited about him. He's had a, a tremendous um, uh, season in, in, uh, in the queue, um, and uh, he's, he's made some great strides. He's, he's got some, um, some issues. Um, you know, he was, he was uh, drafted uh, well down in the fifth round, and and um, it was because of, of um, his conditioning, uh, because of his skating, and he's taken some, some big strides last offseason to improve that, and we'll have to do the same thing um, be, because he'll you know, eventually want to uh, transition to the AHL or, or the NHL, of course. Next year, you're going to find him back. Um, with Sherbrooke in the queue and uh, trying to improve on. See, what what I like is um, that he's not um, uh, he, he's not shy about uh, playing in traffic. Uh, his possession is good and and he's good in close. Um, but I think I I I'm, I'm it's a bit enthusiastic to have him up there as the Canadians' uh, second-ranked uh, prospect. Uh, he's really raw at this point, and um, we're not going to know how that uh, plays out. Uh, and many of the scouts have him at ten for the Canadians, twelve uh, thereabouts. So 
again, there's there's Craig uh, listening to the enthusiasm of, of the Montreal beat reporters uh, to move uh, Joshua Waugh uh, up so high. And uh, I'll take a brief look here at a division rival who's been going through a rebuild for the past few years in Ottawa. Uh, overall, in Craig's uh, league-wide prospect rankings, they have Jake Sanderson at number two, a defenseman that was drafted uh, fifth overall not too long ago. Uh, I, I'm an optimistic guy. I'd like to think that that's a good spot for Sanderson to be league-wide. I don't know for sure. And looking specifically at Ottawa's top ten uh, list here that Craig put out. I think most of the names that should be there are there. If I want to get really nitpicky about where certain guys are ranking, I I could do that all day. Uh, I'll also point out that uh, Ridley Craig uh, comes in at number 18. So Ottawa's got uh, two in the top 20 there. I, I think that's pretty optimistic. There's a lot of hype around uh, some of Ottawa's prospects right now. Would my list be different? Probably. One, one of the things that um, Craig doesn't uh, have in the Canadians list is a goaltender. Um, and he has two uh, goaltenders, um, actually number three and four, uh, Gustafsson and Sogard. Uh, the, the, the Ottawa Senators are, are, um, uh, should uh, count their, uh, their blessings that they have two goaltenders that uh, they're grooming, that one of them is going to come out as, as uh, their, their number one, I, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I'll also mention here, I was a little bit surprised not to see uh, Primo in the top 10 of Montreal's list. Is that uh, somebody you expected might have made that cut? No. Um, nope. I, I, last year, maybe. Um, certainly Primo has has uh, fallen in the eyes of, of some. Um, listen, he was a seventh round uh, draft pick and he came with some some issues uh, and those issues would have been sorted out had he been allowed to play in the AHL, um, you know, a, a full season, uh, several full seasons. And he hasn't been allowed to do that uh, because the Canadians have have needed his help this this season. Um, he's had, had a better chance and he's he's playing well in um, the AHL. He had a, he had a dreadful experience uh, in uh, the NHL this season. And um, so you 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 listen to um, goaltending experts Stefan Wade, Marty Baron, and and they see him as uh, they don't uh, no longer see him as a potential starter in the NHL. That maybe he'll he'll turn out to be a backup um, in the NHL, uh, but he still needs a lot of time, and and all of that needs to be sorted out. And and um, for that reason. For many, um, he doesn't uh, fall in, within their top ten. I know that the hockey news has him um, in their top five, uh, but uh, Craig doesn't. Um, as we look through the the list, um, he's got uh, a lot of defensemen. Um, I just wouldn't have them in in the order that that Craig does. Uh, Matthias Norlander has probably dropped uh, significantly. Um, Logan Mayu, um, maybe uh, Craig's using his uh, off ice issues against him. Logan Mayu is going to be um, he's going to be one of the Canadians' uh, top five prospects, uh, and he he should be up there. Jan Mishak, um we love Jan Mishak. He's he's a hockey player's hockey player playing uh, with the Hamilton Bulldogs. But uh, to have him ahead of 
of uh, yes, Ulanen, um, who could be quite a dynamic player and looks ready to jump into the NHL. I, I, I don't, I don't see that. Uh, I, I don't in in Craig's listings. So that's our thoughts anyway. I do like hearing from all our listeners. I, I want to make sure that I hear from everybody. You know, what do you think about? Uh, these lists uh, I want to see your lists and uh, is there anybody that you felt was too high too low was there somebody that was missed altogether please send us your text emails and tweets uh, I look forward to hearing from that that's that's uh, terrific to get all of that uh, feedback and uh, I think um, even the, with the, the comments we've had this week I think um, in the off season, we're going to make this uh, one of our big topic segments so that we have the time to to delve into uh, each of these prospects and let you know uh, not only the, the feedback that we've gotten from you, but um, after each of the respective seasons are over, uh, how these these prospects are performed and how far away uh, we expect them to be. Yeah, I get the feeling that uh, this list is going to change drastically after this upcoming draft, uh, and particularly who's going to be at the top of the list. So we'll definitely visit uh, back to this. So we'll get everybody here set up for the upcoming week as a Montreal Canadiens fan. So Saturday night, April the 16th, uh, Montreal's continuing a four-game homestand. Washington and uh, Alex Ovechkin are visiting the Bell Centre. And then we'll head over to Tuesday. We have another uh, pretty tough opponent in uh, Minnesota. They'll be coming into Montreal. And then Thursday, uh, well, we have a gritty team in uh, Philadelphia coming into Montreal, and that will end the four-game homestand. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was. <laughs> I'd like to dedicate that to Amy Johnson. So. All right. <laughs> So uh, I believe that will be a wrap for us today. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to Canadians Connection in the player or on your favorite podcast apps and share on social media if you liked what you heard today. Enjoy your week. We'll see you here next Saturday, April the 23rd for another great episode. Thank you for listening to Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.